Hello. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I thank you for having me. You are very welcome. So what did you want to talk about this evening? Well, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, that will be perfect. Oh, sure. Uh, My name is Callahan's Questions. I am a real secondary school science teacher and I make free educational content on TikTok. Don't you own, like, your own podcast? Or you did? I did, yeah. Unfortunately, because of lockdown, that one has had to discontinue. But a new podcast, uh, the Callahan's Questions podcast, is going to be starting up in the new year. So that's very exciting. I think because of 2020, a lot of I've seen a lot of podcasts actually start this year. Yeah, it's been a good time for it with lockdown and everything, hasn't it's it? It's been a good year to, like, grow because of how many social media platforms people have been on. But then because of so many people joining those social media platforms, it's also been a bad year to grow. Yeah, that's true. The only reason I got on TikTok was because of lockdown. And that's it's obviously gone really well. So, <laughs> But I suppose it is a slightly oversaturated market now. I feel like when people joined during lockdown, those two groups of people, those who really only stayed for the first lockdown and those who actually stayed properly. Yeah, I think you're right. So as it's been like a good year for content creation, it's not really been the best year because of how many people have actually tried to do it. Yeah, I think you've got to have um, a really unique platform and idea if you're going to stick with it. Uh, So I've been lucky in that what I do is niche enough um, and specialized enough that um, I'm able to provide information that people wouldn't otherwise have easy access to. Uh, And that's been a very cool experience. Yeah, and I think especially with joining apps like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, something like that, you need to have like a specific brand to your name. Yeah, for sure, which is a weird thing, like... That's definitely something I've, I've started doing brand deals now and stuff, which is very weird. And it is it's really interesting to have people sort of put you into a box um, because that's that's not something I've ever really experienced before. But I guess is that's what that's what's happening going forward, isn't it? Yeah, I see like TikTok tried to make like a creator fund and a creator marketplace, but it's kind of been doing well, but it's not been doing well both at the same time, I've heard. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm in both the uh, marketplace and the creator fund, and it's it's a fascinating process because there are there are pros and cons like anything, and there are definitely things that that TikTok should maybe be putting some more time and effort into. Like one of the comments I get on my videos most frequently is to add closed captioning, which I'd love to be able to do to make my videos more inclusive and accessible. But it's like it's just it's so difficult and it requires so many steps. Uh, and it's not something that I've really been able to find the time or ease to do. Uh, so it'd be great if they put a little bit more effort into addressing those sorts of accessibility issues. Uh, the TikTok marketplace, I've only just joined, so I don't really know anything about it. I don't really know how it works. And the creator fund is something like, I think you get a couple of pence for every like hundred thousand, like hundreds and thousands of views. So you're sort of making you're making pennies every now and again, which eventually accumulate. Uh, and then obviously the more the more views you get, and the more followers you have, the more money you can make. 
but um, it's definitely not something that I'd be able to like quit my job and live off of. <laughs> TikTok with affordability, it's not really the greatest thing, especially says, since like the musically days, the on- only way to really make outcome was by live streams and that was never very good. Yeah, the live streams are bizarre. Um, I haven't done that many just because, again, time constraint, although it's something I'd like to do more of. And uh, people sent me, the, you know, the live gifts, uh, which took me ages to work out what those even were. Uh, and um, a good friend of mine looked into it because she wanted to send some during a live stream. And it was some like ri- some ridiculous amount of money you have to spend to buy the live gifts. And then the creator themselves only gets like, couple of um couple of cents off of those donations which um is interesting because yeah it's it's not it's not a great system so yeah i would say because you basically you buy the coins then you use them to send like the little gift things and i think the coins are way overpriced yeah for sure it's definitely more about um tiktok capitalizing on their bottom line rather than rather than uh paying their creators but we'll we'll see how it goes like maybe it'll be it'll become more like youtube with like with ad revenue and stuff we're starting to see that now which is very weird to have ads coming up on tiktok because i think prior to that and granted i haven't been on the app that long i've only been on since the first lockdown but seeing the ads now authenticity and It's in- your your mic's cutting out a bit. Uh, but at this, and you really creative and able to uh, make as Your mic's it was a bit broken for a while, but hello. Yeah, hello. Oh no, Dungeon Master, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Hmm. It it seems to be working perfectly fine now. I don't know if the internet has gone out on my end or your end, but all I can hear is crackling static, unfortunately. So we try to record again. Oh no, you're back now, so that's all right. Oh. Hopefully that recorded pretty good. Yeah, I think you'll be able to like cut around it, so that's all good. I'll find a way to edit that. <laughs> Fantastic. Another problem with like the whole TikTok live stream thing is people get banned for just no reason ever. Yeah. I've seen people who have been like over because the minimum age to live stream is like 16 i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. i've seen people who have been over 16 who have been banned from live streaming for apparently being under the age of 16 oh so maybe like just better management better um better oversight of why people are being banned huh that's unfortunate fight dance the company that originally brought musically when Musically was still around in 2016, 2017, and 2018. Mm-hmm. Because of all the problems they were seeing with Musically, but yet they caused more problems with TikTok. 
Oh, I'm not super familiar with that, but that's really interesting to know. Because I think it was kind of like a problem with Vine, because once Vine kind of ended, TikTok began to rise up. Oh, and sort of filled that niche. Yeah. And I think TikTok's came around to be like the better version of Vine. See, I was like, you can get like one minute long videos and like, it's just like a whole lot of a better, more useful user interface and more user friendly. Yeah, more ability to interact, isn't there? Rather than like five seconds. I, could, could you comment or anything on Vine? I never had Vine, so I'm not super I, familiar with how it works. I never really heard of Vine at the time because I think I got my first phone in like 2017, so I never really knew what Vine was. Oh, fair enough. I'm just a bit of a dinosaur, so while Vine was popular, I was like, oh yeah, that's clever, that's fun, and then just never downloaded the app. <laughs> and then I got purchased what? and ceased to exist. But when I'm pretty sure, like, come early 2020, like, one of the developers of Vine made, like, a sequel to Vine called Byte. Okay. It It's good. I've used it a bit, but it needs some work. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to look that up once we've once we finished our conversation today. So really, I'd say, in terms of social media, unless you're trying to use Instagram, TikTok, or anything like YouTube or Twitter, mm-hmm. that's probably your best bet if you're trying to become a quote-unquote influencer, as they call them. Okay, interesting. I don't think my goal is to influence, per se. Like, if I can, I, I don't know, if I can influence people to make better, more informed decisions, that's cool. But I'm, I'm definitely more interested in being an educator. Um, Hank Green had a really great take on influencer culture. He's done some uh, some TikToks and YouTube videos about it, um, where he was saying that he, you know, we call people influencers instead of calling them what they are, which is an actor or a comedian or a content creator or an educator. And it's become this sort of like weirdly toxic term, where I think a lot of people want to become an influencer because they want the glamour and the the image and the, the lifestyle without really understanding um, the work that goes into it or the the risks that can come with it of, you know, n- not necessarily having privacy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely a fascinating juxtaposition that we find ourselves in with all these new careers emerging as a byproduct of social media and the internet. Also, like, with social media, it's super hard to grow because with, especially with TikTok, unless you're making like dance videos or whatever the top hashtag is or the top trend is, you're really just not going to grow. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, I think the more niche someone can be, the the more they're going to appeal to a specific audience, uh, which which can cause growth, which is cool. Um, right now, the app is definitely going through a lot of like software changes that are resulting in uh, people's videos not getting seen. And I know a lot of creators are starting to feel a little bit burnt out. Uh, and on several of my recent videos, I've had people commenting things like, oh, I never see you anymore. Or I came back to your page and it, I, the, I had been, I, w- I was unfollowed. Uh, loads of people were saying that they weren't following me anymore, even though they had never actively unfollowed me. So I guess like software updates to TikTok had like done that to their accounts. But um, I think <clears throat> the point of creating stuff is to create something because it's stuff that you want to see or that you think is really good or really funny or really helpful uh, and not necessarily because 
uh, you want it to reach an audience. I think because if something is made with really genuine intent, uh, it'll be found by the audience. And then hopefully that audience will get something from it that resonates with them or that helps them or makes them feel better. Uh, Like a lot of my content, people say that it it makes them feel more normal about their bodies or gives them a better understanding of how, um, how the world works. And that's, that's a really cool thing to be able to, to facilitate. Yeah. And especially this year with TikTok gaining like a whole bunch of growth, they're started to become like different sides of TikTok. Yeah, it's definitely become much more, not necessarily marginalized, but more, much more streamlined to user preferences. Uh, and that's a really fascinating thing about algorithms, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize how that works. And you can really fall down a rabbit hole of uh which can be a positive thing or negative thing like if you're falling down a rabbit hole of like really wholesome fun healthy harmless content that's very different than like being red pilled which unfortunately is a very real concern with the internet okay so now that we've got the whole social media conversation Mm -hmm. out of the way seeing as you are a secondary school teacher what is your opinion on the school curriculum I I can only comment on my experiences and in my experience I've been really lucky to work at schools where the curriculum has been really inclusive and backed by evidence and um, really concerned with making sure that everyone feels seen and valued and you know being able to discuss things like um, like sex ed without that being an issue. I had one experience years and years ago when I was still doing my teacher training so like over a decade ago where I used the word uterus uh, because that was the anatomically correct word. And I got in trouble for doing that. And I got told that I had to tell these students, these high school students, that the baby is in the belly. I wasn't allowed to use the word uterus. So that was obviously a very weird experience. But um, in Canada and in the UK, I've had the good fortune of only teaching curriculum that's really inclusive and well-rounded and I think helps students develop the educational tools that they'll need not necessarily just for academia but also in the real world or at least I, I like to hope that that's what we're facilitating. Funny story about sex ed. Yeah? Uh, we were, well I am a student and we were just learning it a few weeks ago and we were learning about the male reproductive system. It the classroom was very warm and we only had one window open and that was for ventilation purposes because of mm-hmm. COVID. But I needed the toilet. So as soon as I stepped out into the hallway, my vision all went black, it went blurry and apparently I fainted. I do not really remember much. Oh my goodness, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh well that's good. Um, that's it is is a thing my family still make fun of me for, though. To be Do honest, you know why it happened? Like, were you lightheaded or were you dehydrated or? I don't know what it was because I do remember. I think I drank a lot of water, but I think it was just because of how warm how the, the classroom was, was at the oh, time. Oh, well, I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry your family teases you for it. I'm glad you're okay. But no, I remember coming out of school that day and just just getting in and not just having a clue what had happened because I only had remembered like 20 minutes of that science lesson. Weird. 
Well, hopefully, hopefully your school will uh, invest in some better ventilation going forward or not, not have the heating on so high. We've not really been allowed to have air conditioning on because of COVID, though, because it passes germs around apparently yeah, or something. Yeah, for sure. It's really important. You've got to have... So lots of people misunderstand how, um, how to best protect themselves. So definitely wearing a mask. We know that wearing a mask is very important for safety and to prevent transmission. Uh, as well as social distancing, but more than that is airflow. So you need to be in a space that's really well ventilated. Otherwise, the space just sort of fills up with everyone's spit, uh, which is how COVID travels. It travels in snot and spit when you talk. Those teeny tiny particles can have thousands of virus in them. So it's just it's just really important that we all wear our masks and stay in well ventilated spaces and social distance and protect each other. That's kind of a problem I've also seen with school over the past few months. Yes, like you're in there like seven, six, seven hours a day in like really tight spaced rooms, stuck with like thirty to like thirty five other kids. Yeah, it's definitely it's an interesting time to be alive because obviously most spaces are not designed to be in the middle of a global respiratory pandemic. So it's just really important that we all do the best we can to keep each other safe. That's why I think, I think most schools, I know a lot of schools in America have done it, but I'm pretty sure it's about to happen in the UK or about to go fully online. You think? Yeah, because they finally found like because just before like lockdown actually started, I remember we managed to find like a online homework software thing. Mm-hmm. So like we wouldn't need the planners everyone has to drag around school with them. Interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens. Certainly, if um, if putting everything online is deemed to be the safest option, then then that's what we'll have to do. I mean, it depends how well it will work, especially with like the schools with a lot older a lot more school software which needs more of an update yeah that's that's definitely like you know students not all students live in internet enabled households and um, plenty of students rely on schools for free school meals there's a lot of factors to consider uh, when moving everything online so hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to look to places that have done a really good job and follow their example and hopefully this will all be resolved faster rather than slower because i think all of us are ready for life to go back to normal yeah well we practically are at this point because we were just put into a second lockdown and then boom derbyshire my area just we got put into a tier three straight away but it's not really a tier three because you can still get your hair cut go to school and do all that just so you can't go to restaurants or Oh, so yeah, it's 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 interesting the things that are being deemed essential versus non-essential, and the things that are sort of being okayed versus not. But I guess we'll we'll see. We'll see. 
But in terms of like lessons and stuff from school, what do you think of like the lessons and do you see some more necessary than others? I think it's really important to have a well-rounded and holistic education. So my background is um, a, a little bit different compared to most educators that I know. I did a dual background in sciences and theater and dramatic arts. So I'm qualified to teach a wide variety of subjects. And I think it's really important that people recognize that subjects aren't as disconnected as we like to think, you know, like in if you want to be a really great artist, you need to have a good understanding of maths. Um, if you want to be a really great scientist, you need to be able to solve problems creatively. So I, I don't think there are any subjects that aren't important. Uh, and then the quality of a lesson is, uh, is dependent on the individual educator. So we sort of get given the topics. And then in my experience, at least, it's our responsibility to make the lessons and to deliver them as accurately and with the most up-to-date information possible. So uh, I'm fortunate to have only worked in places where people are really dedicated and put a lot of time and effort into their lessons. And yeah, I don't think there are any lessons that are more or less important, though, because I think they all need to work together in order to have a complex and multifaceted understanding of the world. Yeah, and I see that especially, but I think it more depends on the teacher you have teaching that specific subject and as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you need to have good subject knowledge, um, which is, you know, part of the reason that teachers do teacher training. Uh, is, you know, like I, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't feel comfortable covering uh, like an A-level music lesson because I just, I don't know enough about it. So that, you know, that wouldn't be a good use of my or the student's time. Uh, but certainly educators who, I think most people who pursue education do so because they really do genuinely have a passion for it. Um, and that's, that's been my experience with the, the teachers I've gotten to work with. So uh, only only really high quality lessons as far as I've seen for the teachers who've made it. Obviously not everyone who goes into teaching sticks with it. Uh, and that's okay. Like you, they, they pursue other things and I'm sure they're very successful. So that's all good. Yeah, cause I noticed, especially with my school as well, you can, there's really like two kinds of teachers. The really strict one with just do not understand anything then complain then just like yell at you and complain about you when you don't know how to do something that they haven't taught you or just for really understanding teachers. Yeah, I think in education, it's really important to recognize how kids are, like your brain development and your brain state is very different from that of an adult. And that's by no means meant to be an insult. You're in a different stage of development. And, um, you know, it can be it can be really difficult and overwhelming at school. And I think it's important that educators remember how it felt to be that age and to be a teenager and to be going through puberty and to having all, all of that stuff going on. So I I try to keep my classroom environment one that is fun and uplifting and encouraging because I, I remember how horrible it felt to be a teenager and to be full of hormones and to not necessarily know what was going on and to have a lot of pressure to succeed. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's really important that educators be supportive and understanding. Uh, and I, I have well, certainly had experiences with terrible, terrible teachers, but I have like when I was a child at school, but I also had teachers who encouraged me to pursue my dreams and made me feel so supported. And so, yeah, it can be a mixed bag. And that's where I guess 
you as a student just you just have to try your best all you can do is your best what well another question what do you think of homework um based on the evidence homework can be helpful but uh to cementing learning and to helping students uh understand concepts but i think it needs to be done in a way that's sensible and that's based on the evidence uh and that that's certainly what i do and that's what the policy at my school is uh, and most of the schools that i've worked at so um a homework task needs to be something that is going to quickly and efficiently help cement a term or a keyword or a concept or, um, or, or a critical thinking skill or a, like, you know, a skill in science would be something like graphing or reading data or something like that. Uh, not something that's just sort of being set for the point of giving you guys something to do outside of school. So I think homework can be a really useful tool, but it has to be employed properly. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes it can be employed just sort of as busy work, like just giving you guys something to do for the sake of something to do, rather than something that's really going to cement a skill and help your learning. And I think overwhelming children with homework is, is no good. I don't think it's good for your brains. Um, so yeah, you just, that's important to just do things based on the evidence. Uh, which luckily has been my working experience. I I would say that as well because homework it depends what lesson it is because I feel like some homework it's it's really fun you enjoy doing it you have you know you have a reason to do it but then for others it's just like there's no point in doing it because you haven't covered that particular subject yet you don't actually know what that is that you're staring at but yet you're still told to do yeah, it Yeah, I think homework that makes you feel defeated or like it's pointless is, is not doing its job effectively whereas you know like a research task to learn about a new topic in kind of a low pressure situation where it's just like you know just go and learn what you can so that <clears throat> when you do come to this new topic you have something to say uh you know that that would be a more helpful version and certainly I think all learning can be made fun and enjoyable and I think that should be the goal is to make learning as enjoyable as possible because you should be learning all the time your learning shouldn't stop when you leave school you should endeavor to learn new things every day regardless of your age or where you are in the world or what you're doing with your life uh, because learning is really good for you it's good for your brain helps protect you from things like Alzheimer's and dementia and it makes you a more compassionate, well-rounded, empathetic person. So I think that's really important. Yeah, I, I'd say homework is a good thing. It just depends on how it's presented in that sort of For sure, manner. 100%. Uh, well, tell you what, kiddo, uh, I'm going to have to go relatively soon here. It's been lovely chatting with you, but why don't you give me your final question and uh, I can answer that and then we can say our goodbyes. Well, just before we end the podcast, do you maybe want to like plug your social media just before we end? Oh, for sure. End? I'm happy to do that. So I am Kellyanne's Questions on both TikTok and Instagram. That is the only social media I have. Uh, and anyone who's looking to learn, I post um, exclusively content with uh, fun facts and science information, and I answer questions. Uh, questions can be submitted to me on my TikTok and my Instagram, and I answer them with the best available, evidence-backed, non-biased answers possible. Okay, and that's all for 
this episode of the After Hours Comedy. So hopefully we'll have an upload schedule from now on. Next episode should hopefully be in two weeks. And bye. bye. Thank you so much for having me.